You are listening to WPRK 91.5, the voice of Rollins College, Winter Park, Florida. Welcome to the Crummer Hour on WPRK 91.5, Rollins College. I'm your host, J.B. Adams. Today's show is brought to you by the Crummer Graduate School of Business at Rollins College and Victor Media Group. You can check out Victor Media Group and its growing library of shows and podcasts at victormediagroup.co. Today, our guest is Tadar Muhammad, who is a Crummer alumnus and currently serves as the Senior Vice President of Workforce Development for Home Builders Institute, also known as HBI. In his role, Mr. Muhammad helps young people develop the work skills they will need to succeed in home building jobs, as well as home building careers. And I'm here with our panel of Crummer students and alumni, which includes Gerard Mitchell, MBA 2018, Gerardo Abril, MBA 2020, Kyle Sawyer, current student in EA MBA 37, Kevin Thacker, current student in EA MBA 37, and as always, I'm JB Adams, MBA 2011. Welcome, everybody. Hey, good to be here, JB. Hi, pleasure to be here. Great to be here. Thanks to all of you for joining us. Now, in a moment, we're going to listen to the Kermer Connections interview with Tadar Muhammad that was broadcast earlier this fall. But before we do that, I just want to ask the panel, what do you guys think are some of the things that the audience should listen for? So, Kyle, what do you think? Yeah, I think, you know, Crummer puts a great emphasis on servant leadership. And I think Tadar is a prime example of a servant leader. And you can really tell that that quality came from his upbringing uh, with his parents. Yeah, the birds agree with you, too. Uh, Kevin, what do you think? I was really impressed about how honest the speaker was. He felt very candid while speaking. Uh, you know, some speakers don't put that much effort into their answers, or they just kind of put on airs and don't show their true selves. Excellent. Uh, Jerry, what are your thoughts? Adar's passion behind the work that he does and the idea of constantly changing lives is something that I think everyone should strive for in the work that they do. Terrific. And uh, Gerard, what do you think? Uh, Tadar's genuine interest in other people throughout the the time of his career has been uh, is very interesting. Yeah. And I think what I would add is uh, there's sort of a through line that goes through Tadar's narrative. There's a recurring theme of helping young people grow and improve. So with those thoughts in mind, um, you have something to look for. So in the second half of the show, we're going to have Tadar Muhammad here with our panel to discuss his career and his role at Home Builders Institute. So please stay tuned for that. But first, we're going to check out that Crummer Connections interview, and let's get started. Welcome to Crummer Connections podcast series. I'm your host, J.B. Adams. In this series, I'm talking with Crummer alumni and inviting them to share their accomplishments, challenges, and best business advice. Today's show is brought to you by the Crummer Graduate School of Business at Rollins College. Consistently ranked as the number one MBA in the state of Florida, the Crummer School offers a variety of educational programs to prepare you to become a global, responsible business leader. The Crummer Graduate School of Business, experience excellence. Today's guest is Tadar Muhammad. He graduated from Crummer with his MBA in 2017 and walked in 2018. He has had an 18-year relationship working for Home Builders Institute, also known as HBI, where he currently serves as the Senior Vice President of Workforce Development. Welcome, Tadar. Thank you. Thank you so much. Great to have you here on the show. In a moment, we're going to talk about HBI and what you do with them, but I would like to start with some context because you graduated just a couple of years ago, but students, alumni, faculty, they continue to see you because you have a relationship with the school in a number of ways. Tell us about that relationship. Sure. I, you know, I always believe in giving back and, you know, graduating from Crummer has given me the opportunity to continue to work. I work uh, in many capacities, whether it is participating in preview Saturday and coming back and talking to prospective students. I, I often will be asked to, to, to mentor. So I often will be a part of the mentoring program. Uh, most recently, I'm working with a, as a consulting project with another uh, individual, you know, and helping him to uh, work the relationship between Crummer as well as the AAU. 
Yeah, it's always great to give back and uh, Kramer welcomes that. Let's talk about HBI and what you do there. Home Builders Institute. Um, when was Home Builders Institute founded? Uh, it has been over 50, 52 years, actually. And the mission? The mission is to change lives every day by educating, inspiring, and preparing individuals for careers in the building industry. That's what we do every day. And where are the headquarters? Washington, D.C. Okay, but they let you stay here in Central Florida um, as the Senior VP of Workforce Development. Now, I'm very intrigued by that title uh, because you don't see a lot of Senior VPs of Workforce Development. W what does that mean for your role? What are you doing day to day? Yes, so day to day, I oversee the operations and execution of contracts uh, that we have across the country that are specific to various populations. Those populations include individuals that are transitioning out of the military, veterans, justice-involved youth, adults, secondary and post-secondary schools, and then community programs, programs that are just in the community uh, that are taken in students every day. And workforce, to be very honest, really is, is, the, is the overall arching issue of what we do, is to help them prepare uh, through a and be a better workforce overall, particularly in the building industry. You've, you've been with this organization for 18 years. We are going to talk about all the roles that you have had, but I want you to tell us what you love about being the senior VP of workforce development. What gets you going? Oh, it's the ability every day to be able to wake up and know that you're changing someone's life, that someone is coming to your program and they are learning a skill that they can use for the rest of their life. And not only that, you have the staff that are often eager to support the same thing. They want nothing more but to see these individuals get a job and be able to self-sustain themselves in the future. To me, that is what I love about my job. It changes every day. It's not the same. There's new challenges every single day that helps me to, to not focus on one thing, but to continue to work to improve uh, the lives of others. I mean, our our slogan basically is building careers and changing lives. And I think that's what we do. So that in and of itself is everything for me uh, because I believe that to be true in my personal life, but I also believe that in my work every day. Terrific. In a moment, we will hear more about Tadar's backstory. So we have some fast facts, Tadar. Uh, first of all, where were you born? Chicago, Illinois. Oh, wow. What, what neighborhood? Southside. Where were you raised? I was raised in Orlando. Uh, what generation do you consider yourself to be a part of? I consider myself to be a, uh, shoot, I forgot the name of it, JB. The, do you want some help? Yeah. Baby yeah. Boomer? No, that's not it. Gen, Gen X? X? That's it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. But Gen <laughs> X for sure. So let's go back to the very beginning. Um, you had your parents, you had a step parent. And I just am curious, what kind of business examples were you exposed to as a young person? Absolutely. My mom was Ponderosa. My mom was a manager for Ponderosa. And so she had, and that's, you know, she did a lot of cooking on the side, but that was her job was Ponderosa. My dad uh, in the very, was always a, an entrepreneur. He was constantly had three, four different jobs at every moment you can guarantee that he was working in various jobs, but a lot of it was in journalism. You know, he was a photographer. Uh, mm -hmm. And so a lot of his was, was a lot of gigs all the time. And, and what did you learn from observing that and uh, your approach to work? Well, it was very clearly that my parents went to work every day. Um, my stepfather was a police officer as well. And so all I knew was that work ethic, you, you got up every day to make sure that you took care of your family you go to work, you provide the very best you can, and that having a job means that you are always able to be sufficient or self-sufficient in that regard. My mother sacrificed everything, everything to for her children. That's how I ended up in Florida to begin with, is that she said my whole family was in Illinois, and she sacrificed and said, I want better for my children. I'm going to move them away from the south side of Chicago, and I'm going to move them to Orlando. So that sacrifice is, is what I hold dear every single day. Good for her. Good for her. Uh, I love stories like that. Um, we're going to shift a little bit to your early responsibilities um, as a teenager. So 
you and I have something in common. We and do. that is, yeah, well, we have many things in common, but one of the things that we have in common is we both had jobs at Disney as young people at Walt Disney World in Orlando. And we also both got fired from Disney. Yes. And I say it with pride. I do too. Uh, because my philosophy is if you're wrong fit for a role and then you get fired because of it, that person just did you a favor because it lets you go out and figure out where do I belong. And so I want to hear your take on that. It's absolutely the same. So I feel as though that Disney did exactly what they were supposed to do. Disney said, this, these are the rules. This is the policy behind the rule. If you don't come to work and you don't follow the attendance rule that you were given, you're going to be fired. And I didn't follow that rule. I, 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 they give you significant opportunities to do better. I just didn't. I was, you know, I was 16 years old. I didn't, I was a kid. So, you know, you're not going to fire me. This isn't going to happen. <laughs> oh, but when you cross that threshold of, of 10 absences, I think at the time, you lost your job. And that prepared me to say, okay, got it. You, you cannot, you know, if those are the rules and those are the expectations, if you want to maintain that job and do the very best you can, come to work. I was a great employee. I did great every day. I didn't have anything other than attendance issues, but that was the one thing that took that job for me. Well, and, and getting fired is humbling. No doubt about it. Yeah. And so after that, uh, I didn't want to get fired again. Um, so what I want to acknowledge again as the next step, once you have done a number of jobs that don't work out, you really get fine-tuned on finding the job that does work out. So let's talk about your early career days. Um, what, what was the time where you knew like, this is where it's starting to click. This is where I belong. Absolutely. I had taken a job in Maryland. I had no idea about working with kids, but I had friends that uh, one of my best friends that he had gotten a job at working as a youth counselor. And essentially he said, oh, you should come up and try this line of work. I said, I don't know. I'm a kid. I was, I was young. I'm 21. What do you mean? Come and work with other kids that are like 18, 19. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that, but I, I absolutely loved it. I enjoyed the ability to give someone else life lessons that are mistakes that I had made and to help them not to make those same mistakes, number one. And then number two, to motivate and inspire them to be better man, that you pay me. I used to tell people you you're paying me to do what I enjoy doing every single day. So that's that that opened my eyes to opportunities. And frankly, I've done that line of work ever since. Now, you may have already said this, but I'm just going to ask for the summary. What's the takeaway or your advice to a young person that's trying to figure out where they fit in in a career? So in this case, I was, I didn't know what I was going to do. And so moving from Florida to Maryland, you had no money, you had no idea of what you were going to do, or what job was really going to entail. So to me, the takeaway for sure was to at some time when you can take that risk, take that risk and, and recognize opportunities that might be before you that you may not have otherwise saw yourself but take that risk because you never know. It may be everything that you wanted it to be, but if you don't take that risk, you're never going to know that it wasn't. Yeah, it, everyone's got to figure that out at some point in, in their lives and in their careers. Let's talk about one more quick one. Uh, the next big transition in your career is the decision to join Home Builders Institute. Uh, tell us about that transition and why this was the right move for you. So I was working, as I told you, as a youth counselor, and I had worked my way up pretty well as a manager, managing uh, facilities and environments. Um, but what was missing for me was the ability to give people, young people, something tangible. And so what's tangible, I, you know, I told you that I would inspire them, I would help them, I would give them advice, mentor, I would do all of that. But none of that was tangible. Uh, so what HBI gave me was tangible. Tangible was, I'm not just going to help you. I'm not just going to inspire you. I'm going to help you get a job that will change your life too. Uh, I will give you the skills and the, the soft skills to be able to help you make that difference 
in a person's life. And for me, that was what was the game changer about HBI was it's not just, you know, me talking, it's tangible, it's real. You got a job, you got a paycheck, you can take care of yourself. Now you can go on and do whatever it is that you want to do in your life. Being able to share those experiences that I had uh, with others and, and being able to make a difference. I feel like I still do it like I was day one uh, is the takeaway for being with HBI for sure. It's always great to see someone who was young, got fired, struggling, tried to figure out. And then when you find it, then it's sort of like the whole world opens up to you. So thanks for sharing that, Tadar. When we come back in our next segment, we're going to uh, hear about Tadar's Crummer experience. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Guy Fagan, an early advantage MBA student at the Crummer Graduate School of Business at Rollins College. My time during undergrad at Rollins College was incredible. I took every opportunity to get involved on campus. I joined the Telcap Absalom fraternity, and I was also a member of the varsity men's tennis team. Crummer has an amazing reputation in the area, so it was a no-brainer. For more information on the Crummer Early Advantage MBA program, visit crummer.rollins.edu. We are back with Tadar Muhammad of HBI, and it's time to talk about Tadar's Crummer experience. So Tadar, give us a little background on where you were at in your career when you decided, hey, I need to go back to school. What, what went into that process? Absolutely. It, it actually started with a conversation with the CEO. And the CEO uh, and I were talking about ways that we could enhance my professional development opportunities. And, and so it came up in a conversation and I, I was like, man, I don't want to go back to school. Uh, and I, but he was adamant that I, he wanted me to go back to school. Uh, well, he was adamant that I needed an executive type leadership course. And so I worked with the HR department and said, I don't want just an, a, you know, to go to an executive course and that's it. I wanted to be face to face with someone. I wanted to be among other leaders. And so that was like a decision that I really, really wanted to make that I just didn't want a course. Uh, I wanted to actually have something that I could use. Now, given, I told you my background was given to others and helping others. So clearly for me, it was, what can I get that I could give to someone else? And so that's what it was for me was the MBA experience was, what could I get that I could translate into helping not only myself, but who else could I help within the organization? Who could I help within my community? What could I do? How could I use that as, a, as an advantage? So uh, that's where it started um, for me. And that when I started to research other schools and look around, and that's where it all began. What we're gonna do now uh, is we're gonna shift a little bit to what actually happened after you became a Crummer student. And we're going to do that by playing Crummer Insider Free Association. So Tadar, I'm going to read you a list of prompts for each one. I'm going to invite you to say the first thing that comes into your head. Most of these are easy. Some of them will be your opinion. Are you ready to play? Oh, yeah. I love games. This is cool. Good. All right, Tadar, I, start, I started my Crummer education in the year 2016. I finished classes and graduated in the year. Oh, wait, for you, it's different. I finished classes in what year? I finished 17, 2017. And graduated in the year? 2018. There we go. My cohort name and number was? EMBA 37. And there were this many students in my cohort? 22 to start? <laughs> yes. Uh, my cohort was known for being vocal. Good. I'll take it. For our international study, we went to Tallinn and uh, Finland or Estonia and Finland, I guess. Okay. Estonia and Finland. And the thing that made the greatest impression on me during our trip was uh, just, I mean, the, the whole thing was made an impression on me because I'd never been out of the country. So I would say just looking at culture and learning about 
international business was was everything for me. Terrific. My favorite course was? Ooh, uh, strategic leadership. Okay, I think we're gonna come back to that one. And my favorite professor was? Dr. Yoho. Uh, thanks for indulging in the free association. Uh, let's wrap this one up by just asking, what advice would you give to a current student who's studying now? Uh, what, what would help them get through this experience? Definitely, I would say that to stay the course. Uh, oftentimes, you know, you would think back and say, oh my gosh, I would say, I don't know how I'm gonna make it. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't, this isn't working. You know, I, I should know this. Why don't I know it? I'm a leader, I'm a business, you know, I'm, I'm doing it, but stay the course. You know, I, I can remember a mentor that had former grad, formerly graduated from Crummer said to me, whatever you do, keep looking ahead, don't look back, just look ahead. Don't spend your time trying to figure out what you didn't do. Stay focused, stay ahead, look forward. And that would be the advice I would give any student that's in the thick of it today. Thanks for that. Uh, good advice for anyone who's trying to further their career while going to school at the same time. It's only been two years, but some significant things have happened since you graduated in your career. And, and what we really wanna hear is, how did some of the things that you learned at Crummer apply to the things that have happened in your career since? I would say that one of the classes, of course, in your courses that we took was around strategic leadership. And it was sort of that, that capstone, that class that you say, okay, how am I going to apply this? And so that particular class was with Dr. Lawfrey. And, and one of the things that we had to do was create a strategic plan for something. And so I chose my own organization as a strategic plan. And I said, what a great opportunity, you know, our, our, we were in the midst of changing some things strategically. You know, I know that our CEO was about to retire. So there were things in the works. And so took that opportunity to say, wow, what a better time to create this strategic plan. And so one of the things that we, I did as a part of that was to identify, you had to identify some key issues and some recommendations. One of the things I recommended, and this was really towards two, this was war, the end of 2016, I believe. Ah, okay. And uh, the was to create a department that focused on expanding products and services within the organization that utilize technology and online offerings. And it's interesting. So I, I presented this to the CEO at the time and I didn't get much feedback. I presented it to the new CEO and he, he listened to me. He said, oh, that's interesting. And, you know, turns out today, we just, that, that same thing, uh, we launched a learning management system in April of this year, uh, created a new department about six months ago, uh, all focused around technology and doing better with technology for uh, online offerings that we're going to expand and continue to grow. So that was the epiphany for me was, I thought of this four years ago. And here we are now where it's coming to life. So that tells you something about, you know, either I was ahead of the schedule for Crummer or, mm -hmm. or I was right on target for where I needed to be in terms of a job. Well, it, what it says to me is the plan had value in it and it was worth waiting for um, because anything that is gonna work, people are gonna latch on to it and they're, they're gonna notice it. So. Uh, what I find interesting is that you worked on it for a class, but it wasn't just for a grade. It actually made a difference in the real world. Well, we're going to bring it into the home stretch here with just a few more questions. So I want to start with this one, a little bit introspective. How do you think you're different as a result of the Crummer experience? I'm definitely 100% a more well-rounded leader. There is, and strictly from a business perspective, it has given me so much more, uh, tools in the tool belt uh, for me to be able to use as a business leader and not just thinking um, about what happens in the world or in the United States, but more about what that impact could be globally. Mm -hmm. Never would have thought in a global perspective. And it's made me much more uh, eager to indulge in entrepreneurship, managing businesses, looking at different opportunities in a way that I never would have done prior to uh, Crummer. Tadar, you've given us some great advice today, and I know members of our audience are going to want to get in touch with you. Um, how can we contact you? 
best way to contact me is through email. Uh, and, and that is, is absolutely uh, my best contact moving forward. All right. Uh, final question. Think back to that time when you were applying and uh, what advice would you give to a prospective student who's considering an MBA? Crummer will give you the courage to explore what you're passionate about. That if you have a desire or a passion and, and you want to, to, to move forward with that, that there's no doubt about it that Crummer will give you that courage. And courage is a very important thing today. And hopefully, uh, as prospective students look at that and they may be doubting themselves, Crummer will give you the courage to be who you want to be. I couldn't agree more. And uh, Tadar Muhammad, thanks so much for giving us your time today. Uh, really loved spending time with you and learning about your story. Thank you. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. This is JB Adams. Please stay tuned for the second half of the Crummer Hour. When we come back, we'll meet with Tadar Muhammad to get his responses to questions submitted by you, our listeners, and Crummer students and alumni. You are listening to WPRK 91.5, the voice of Rollins College, Winter Park, Florida. Hi, I'm Sarah Neely. I am an Early Advantage MBA student here at the Crummer Graduate School of Business at Rollins College. Crummer has enabled me with hands-on real-world experience that has been translated inside and outside the classroom. I'm very excited for not only the rest of my second year here at Crummer, but also in the future and to come back and visit. For more information on the Crummer Early Advantage MBA program, visit crummer.rollins.edu. Welcome back to the Crummer Hour on WPRK 91.5 Rollins College. I'm your host, J.B. Adams. On this program, we feature insightful conversations with faculty, alumni, and students of the Crummer Graduate School of Business as we share ideas and advice in the areas of business, technology, leadership, and professional development. Today's show is brought to you by the Crummer Graduate School of Business at Rollins College and Victor Media Group. You can check out Victor Media Group and its growing library of shows and podcasts at victormediagroup.co. In today's Crummer Hour, we are talking with Tadar Muhammad. He's a Crummer alumnus who graduated with his MBA in 2018, and he's currently serving as the Senior Vice President of Workforce Development for Home Builders Institute, also known as HBI. In his strategic role, Mr. Muhammad helps make sure that the young people associated with HBI are developing the work skills that they will need to succeed in home building jobs as well as home building careers. In the first half of the show, we heard Mr. Muhammad describe his upbringing, his Crummer experience, and some of his early career lessons. And now in the second half of the show, we're going to have him here live with us in the studio to have him respond to the questions that were provided by Crummer students, faculty, and alumni. Tadar Muhammad, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. It's great to have you. And also with us, we have our panel of Crummer alumni and students, which includes Gerard Mitchell, MBA 2018. Great to be here today, guys. Gerardo Abril, MBA 2020. Hi, pleasure to be here. Kyle Sawyer, current student in EA MBA 37. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. Kevin Thacker, current student in EA MBA 37. Hi, thanks for having me on. And as always, I'm JB Adams, MBA 2011. All right, Tadar Muhammad, welcome again. Our first question is about your industry, and that question comes from Gerard. So Tadar, uh, you're in nonprofit, and I wanted you to talk a little bit about why you chose nonprofit versus working uh, in for-profit. Very good question, Gerard. And I, I would tell you that the reason that I, interestingly enough, it, the, what excites me about nonprofit versus for-profit is the fact that uh, it bridges between mission-oriented work 
And what I consider now to be something that's interesting is more around corporate social responsibility. So the bridge between being dedicated to the mission of working within a nonprofit has really, really, really been something that for me particularly has shown and resonated with me in an industry where that's not really strong. It's not as, it's not as profound in construction industry to have a nonprofit organization sort of leading the charge relative to training and, and jobs. Um, but I will tell you that the, the cross-reference to that today is many organizations are really focusing on corporate social responsibility. And so there's a nice nexus between those two uh, that can open the door for for-profit or nonprofit in, in this day and age today. Is that a change that you've seen over the last uh, five years or so? You've been in the industry for a long time. Absolutely. A significant, I would say, shift is, is a lot of larger for-profit companies have a, a, a mission part of it to be a part of the corporate social responsibility. However, it was not strengthened, I think, until a lot of the other issues recently, social justice um, and other things have really catapulted organizations to really take a look at how they are contributing to uh, social responsibility in a way like they've never have. Great, thank you. Our next question is from Kyle. Hey, Tadar, do you have a favorite home building project that you keep looking back on? And if so, why is that? Yes, so, <clears throat> I, excuse me, my favorite home building project really resonates with me because it was, we had a program in Houston. So we were just starting a new program in, in the city of Houston. And uh, I went in to meet with the program of a fresh new 15 students. So students that were just getting engaged into construction. They knew nothing about construction and their life was about to change over the next 12 weeks. What's interesting was, is I was able to come back and be a part of their graduation. So I was able to come back after the end of the 12 weeks to talk to them about what work that they had done. Honestly, at that time, they were um, uh, the hurricanes. And so the hurricanes had just ran through Texas and a lot of them had begun to work on projects in their home. And so to see these students, despite all odds, all circumstances against them, they came together as a group of 15 students. I was even more proud of the situation later because one of the young ladies that was in the class went on to create her own business. And so, and she hired several of the students that were in the program uh, to start rehabbing homes. And that continued, she's still doing that today. So three years later, she's still doing that. So to me, it's very proud to see the evolution of that program take a cycle from seeing these kids that had no experience to now owning their own business and contributing back to their community and even their own home. That's such a rewarding experience. That's that's really that's really great. Thank you. Yeah, Tadar, I've got a follow up for that. Um, you know, you kind of touched on this in your original interview, and anyone can go on the HBI website and look this up. But is there some way that you can illustrate? You know, what's the feedback that you get from them? How are they different as a result of what they do? Absolutely, and it's a. And so the, the way that it changes lives, honestly, is a young person, an adult who is seeking an opportunity to work and they don't necessarily have the skills to get that job. What HBI does, it takes that young person or adult and it gives them the skills, which is important because that is a, what is going to open the door for them but it not only changes their life, it changes the self-sufficiency of that individual and their future generations behind them. If I can get a young person or an adult to get a job, then they're able to take care of themselves and their family. And then they're able to then do the same over and over again as those generations grow over, over time. To me, that's the changing life piece that HBI really hones in on we use construction as the vehicle in order to do that. So do you consider yourself in the construction industry? Are you in the training industry? Are you in the nonprofit? What, what are you guys? Everything. So we're all of that. Uh, education is what I, I get this question a lot. I say we're in the business of educating and helping people uh, 
it more than anything else. I think we use construction, we use nonprofit status, we use those things to help drive that change, to see the mission through. But it really is educating people uh, in the areas of construction to help change their life. Okay, terrific. We have a question from Kevin. Hello, Tadar. I was wondering what are some resources you'd recommend for people looking to get into your field? Yes, uh, I would say, and this, this question comes up quite a bit too, but I would say I would re recommend, recommend exploring passions around helping people to be self-sufficient. You just heard me talk about that, but uh, mm -hmm. a desire to provide tangible resources for those that are unemployed or underemployed or underserved. Um, if that excites and motivates them in terms of becoming a part of the field of workforce development, then it could be an exciting career path. Career and technical education also involves helping individuals obtain a skill and further a job. Um, I would say that communicating with people that are of like-minded or professionals so that they can see and hear the passion of changing someone's life that could change the future. Oftentimes, you don't get a chance to really hear the impact that it has on people without really communicating with them. So it really is getting really down into the granular uh, of, of someone's life to really understand how the resources in this field, in terms of being able to truly help someone. Educators know this innately because it happens all the time. You guys know this when we look for that in terms of professors and things that we want to see in our, in our school or in our classes, it's the same for the industry at large. Thank you. Got it. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. Uh, our next questions are about uh, leading others. And I just want to start by setting some context. You have a team of direct reports and indirect reports. What, uh, what does that look like? Yes, I have a team of about four direct, four to five direct reports. And I have a, a total staff of about 100 employees. Okay, so about 100 people um, either directly or indirectly reporting to you. And in turn, those people are impacting how many people over a course of time? Anywhere between eight and 10,000 students, roughly um, over a course of a year. It could be a little less or a little more. It just depends on, on the year and what's going on. So to me, that's very powerful that you are being influential with uh, hundreds to thousands of people over the course of a year. So the next question is in that context of leading others, and it comes from Jerry. Yeah, Tadar, I would love to know, what do you think are some of the greatest challenges when it comes to trying to inspire and encourage others? Yes, so, so you, you asked me the opposite, which is great, and I appreciate that. Um, and some of the challenges, to be very honest, that I see stem from things that we think about or try to challenge ourselves to think about all the time. Self-esteem, self-doubt, and self-confidence. Those three things to me are the biggest challenges when it comes to trying to inspire others because all of those things, everybody is different. So how they, uh, with all those opportunities to, to, to be overcome those challenges, we prevent ourselves from moving ahead. Uh, also, the challenges around believing others. So oftentimes your peers, your colleagues, your friends, they influence your ability to inspire and, and be encouraged about certain situations. Um, I always find that people are plagued with the I can't do mindset or I can't do mindset, uh, which buries us from being able to inspire them. Those are the challenges that I find. And sometimes you circle the people closest to you you got to make sure that they're like-minded and of similar mindset in order to move forward. But those are the challenges that I see. It's really internal than it is external that is preventing people from uh, moving forward. Tadar, a, a follow-up to that. Uh, for people who may be struggling with some internal locus of control, what, how can, like, any advice to come out of that shell? Or how would you, if one of your people that directly reports to you is struggling with one of those issues, what would you do or how would you help them? Yeah, great question. So oftentimes, um, 
I, there's two things that I, I believe that you have to do. You have to be genuine and transparent. If you can be genuine, then people honestly will, will understand where you're coming from. Being genuine opens the door for you to be transparent. So you can then be very honest with people, even if they, you may be saying something that they don't like, but they know that it's coming from a good place because you yourself have, have given them the sense that you are very genuine. I live by that. I, I think that people don't do that enough. You know, so if you don't like red, you don't like red. <laughs> if you don't like, if, and not try to assume that just because uh, someone wants you to like red that you have to like red. And so I use that as an example, but it truly is about being genuine and transparent. My team knows that I am always genuinely caring about their good, what their health, I care about their ability to do their job. I care about all those things. And that allows me to be extremely transparent, uh, oftentimes with a sense of humor. <laughs> Thank you for that, Tadar. You got it, man. All right, we have a similar question. This one's from Gerard. Tadar, you've spent a career motivating people. What we want to know is how do you stay motivated? That's a good question. So it's real simple. I feed off the passion of others. So I get motivated when I get calls from colleagues or, or students or any, anyone that's looking for a way to advance their career, advance in life. And, and so I'm motivated by seeing everyone else succeed. I'm, I'm motivated by the team success and that helps me to continue to stay motivated myself. If I know that, that Gerard, you are doing something that you really wanted to do, and I had a small part of that, a big part of that, or whatever, I'm motivated by that, which goes to me helping the next person to be successful using that same theory. So I feed off of that. Uh, there's no doubt about it that success breeds success. Great. Thank you. All right, Tadar, our next questions are about your Crummer experience. And the first question comes from me. Uh, what surprised you about your Crummer experience? <laughs> so I was very surprised by how much I didn't know about anything internationally that I was completely blown away. I should have known this, to be very honest, taking that and then seeing the communities and the experiences and the culture, it still amazes me today about the international experience. Uh, I learned so much from those experiences. And then I went back for consulting trips, uh, but the value that they placed, the one thing that I could take away from that, that I, I really truly is a takeaway for me, the value placed on education internationally opposed to what happens in the United States was profoundly changed my trajectory of, of what everything I thought of previously. I had no idea how much experience was placed on that until I went out internationally. Excellent. You're listening to the Crummer Hour on WPRK 91.5 Rollins College. Our guest is Crummer alumnus Tadar Muhammad, and we'll continue our conversation with him in just a moment. Hi, so my us. name is Brandon Anderson, an Early Advantage MBA student here at the Crummer Graduate School of Business at Rollins College. My time during undergraduate was a complete immersive experience. When I was searching for the next opportunity after graduation, an MBA at Crummer was the best option for me. Crummer has helped me to gain the aptitude and grow as a leader which have both been essential in reaching my potential. For more information on the Crummer Early Advantage MBA program, visit crummer.rollins.edu. Welcome back to the Crummer Hour. I'm your host, JB Adams. Our guest is Crummer alumnus Tadar Muhammad, and with us we have our panel of Crummer students and alumni with more questions about Mr. Muhammad's career. All right, Tadar, our next questions are about your Crummer experience, and the question comes from Kevin. Yeah, I was wondering what classes do you recommend to new incoming Crummer students like myself, and uh, what classes do you wish that you'd taken while at your time at Crummer? Yes. So um, definitely the classes that I wish I would have taken 
uh, was negotiation. Negotiation was high on my list and I never got to it. Uh, I wanted that class. If anybody, everybody that I saw that took that class was like, you should have taken that class. I never did. Um, the other classes that it's sort of a, a number of them, it was entrepreneurship. Anything entrepreneurship, I, you know, I was sort of in a track and, you know, you, you guys know this, that you get sort of lumped into a track and in that track, you're trying to find out, you know, where are you going to go when you get to your electives? And um, I doubled up all my electives. So I had to take what I, what I maybe was not maybe a particular track, but all of the things around uh, marketing, all of the things around entrepreneurship, all the things around technology and entrepreneurship were things that I wish I had. Uh, and, you know, if I get a chance to go back, I'll, I'll make sure to, when I have time, I gotta find time. But once I find time, I wanna go back and take those classes. Yeah, thank you. You've really helped out my uh, schedule for the next few semesters. <laughs> Do it, I promise you'll like it. Great, great. We have another question in this vein, and that question comes from Kyle. Tadar, so, so part of the reason why you got your MBA was to be face-to-face -face with people and to be among other leaders. How has the transition to working from home because of COVID, how has that changed the way that you leverage your MBA? Great question. It's changed everything. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I always worked from home when I wasn't traveling and utilized face-to-face -face relationships uh, to keep those relationships moving. Obviously, in a virtual environment, you are and using several platforms to be able to communicate with people has given me the opportunity to present concepts and ideas more strategically than before. So uh, I use the example that, uh, again, I was traveling. So when you're traveling, you're very singular focus. You're focused on that partner, that organization, and helping them to do whatever's necessary. Well, now, it, it, not traveling, I'm able to uh, work with multiple organizations at different times in the day because I'm not traveling. So I can move from, from one strategic partner to the next in the same day. If I was traveling, I couldn't. Uh, so that, I use the example that that reminds me of working in teams and you have two classes, three classes, and you're moving, each one of those classes has different things to do, right? So you might be working on a presentation in one class, you might be working on a research project on the next class, and so you're having to juggle all of those things at the same time. That's exactly what my work is like now. So I'm juggling when it could be much, it's much more strategic than it was before because I have to really, really be able to move in and out of conversations much quicker than I've ever had uh, previously. Yeah, the juggling never ends, I guess. But yeah, <laughs> I, know, I think, uh, you know, adapting to these types of um, uh, work-life changes, they're, they're huge, uh, but it sounds like you've, you've been able to manage it pretty well, so thanks. Thank you. And juggling never ends. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The uh, next questions are about your personal and professional development. The first question comes from Kevin. I was wondering if there are any books that you're currently reading that you would like to recommend. So great question. And I, has, I said this throughout my whole Crummer experience, and I'm probably the worst reader in the world. Uh, unless it's short, sweet, and to the point, and I can use it tomorrow. I, I'm the worst reader ever. However, um, I, I, this is a true story. I honestly downloaded a book that I haven't even started. It's called Great Teams, and I don't know if you've heard of it, but it, it's, six, it's called Great Teams. It's by uh, author Don Yeager. And uh, I'm interested in the book because it sort of follows a, a I'm a Simon Sinek kind of guy. The, the understanding of the starting with the why. I really truly believe that that's, that's how you can engage with people in a way that, that helps, but it also helps you with teams. So this book, one of the very first pillars of this book talks about understanding great teams, but it's, it's understanding their why. Uh, and then it moves on to effective management. It moves on to activating efficiency. And it talks about mutual direction which to me is somewhat of the greatest things that you can think of. If you can find mutual direction and you can move your team that way, um, you know, so self-help books keep me engaged. 
uh, and excites me because I'm able to take that information and share it with others. So to me, it's not the reading, so to speak. It's really about the information that I can glean from it and be able to use and share with others is, is more important for me than anything else. But I stand by the fact that I'm the worst reader ever. I, my mind goes into so many, I read and I have to read it again and again and again because my mind talks about everything else in the middle of reading. So uh, I'll get there one day, I promise. I know I will. I know I'm gonna be a better reader. <laughs> Thanks for the question, Kevin. Thank you for the answer. All right, we have another question about your development and that comes from Kyle. What is a, a habit that you think that every young professional or student should be developing? Great question. Networking and relationship management, hands down, to me, are the two things that I think young professionals overlook as a critical piece to their success. It's overlooked, you know, largely because of the age of technology. You know, things are moving so fast. I could text you, I can email you, I can social media you, I can do anything I want to do with you. Um, but the value of striking a conversation in a room full of people that you don't know uh, and the follow-up afterwards scares people to death, you know. So I honestly believe that people are fearful of speaking in those environments and talking in front of others. If that's something that is a habit that people could get used to, uh, it will take them so far just by uh, networking and using those networking relationships, managing those relationships to further their, their position with individuals because that's, that's the key to success once you get to certain jobs and job opportunities is how your ability is to move in and out of those conversations with people that you don't know or sit at a table that you don't know or stand up in front and speak of, in front of others that you don't know. Hey, yeah, very go ahead, Kyle. Oh, no, just that's very important stuff. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Mm -hmm. Tadar, I've got a follow up for that. Is that something that came naturally to you? Are you a naturally extroverted person? Or is that something you had to learn the hard way? I believe I was naturally extroverted. Um, I, I before Crummer, I did a lot of public speaking just in general. Uh, but I didn't think about it. It was just something that I did. When I went to Crummer in that first class, that first experience with Ruth Chris, I think I learned quickly that maybe it was it was more innate than I thought. And in that, and that sort of progressed over the rest of my experience at Crummer as I just continued to hone in on it more. Uh, it was something that just has been a part of me ever since. That, you know, I think it it was it's 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 always been there. I just didn't know to what degree. Excellent. Thank you. Our next question is about your advice to students or other professionals. And that question comes from Jerry. Tadar, the part of your story when you talked about taking a risk in moving from Florida to Maryland with no money really resonated with me when I did the exact same thing prior to getting my Cromer education. And my question to you is, you, you know, you talk about how you, you recommend for a young professional, like if you can take that risk, then, then do it, right? So follow up to that is once that person has decided to take that risk, what advice would you give to a student that is, they've decided that they're gonna do it and they're gonna do it. What next, what, what would you tell them? I, you know, I wish I could turn that question on you, Jerry, given that you did the same thing. So my, <laughs> my comment is, is do it. <laughs> um, and the reason why is, is we, we have to be open to taking risk, right? But I, I don't want to confuse that without doing the research. So you can take the risk, but, but do the research too. gather all the facts that you can about why that risk, the risk, the risk that you're willing to take and uh, what risk that you're unwilling to take too. Uh, there's a difference. Uh, when I knew when I moved to Maryland with no money that my friends would help me. I knew that um, I could, it was a career path change for me. I knew that if it didn't work, I could go back home. Uh, so I left the door cracked for me to be able to, to have a plan B. And so I would always say, take the risk, but do your research and make sure you got a plan B. <laughs> I can down to the T, I agree with you because I, 
I didn't go immediately to Crummer. I, I consulted with Crummer and I'm like, hey, I'm gonna go do this. Can I, I've already been accepted, but can I come back? And they said, yeah, your, your acceptance is good for a year. So that was my plan B and yeah, here I am now. Uh, so thank you for that. You got it. We have a question in a similar vein and that question is from Kevin. I, I was wondering what advice would you give to students who don't exactly know what direction to follow in their career? That's a really good question. I would say my two favorite words, passion and purpose, uh, search for what you're passionate about and what you would, uh, you would want to make you get up in the morning. So if you don't have those two things, what do you believe is your purpose and let that guide you into identifying a career. So I, I was a late bloomer. I didn't know, I, I thought I knew what I wanted to do, but it, it, I, it didn't resonate with me until I was able to move around. I was able to explore a little bit. And so my, my advice is, is know your passion, know your purpose and explore. Take the time to, to expose yourself to different industries uh, and make sure it's something that you can do for the next 20, 30, 40, years um because if you don't you're going to make a difference or you're going to change because uh, if it's not passion if it's not something that really drives you to be purposeful then it won't work so uh take your time and expose yourself to multiple different opportunities to find what you really 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 want to get up and do every day thank you for the genuine advice got it all right, Tadar Muhammad, uh, we are closing in uh, on the conclusion of this interview. And so our final question is just this. What message would you like to send to the Crummer community? Faculty, alumni, students, staff, prospective students? Who, who do you want to reach out to and what do you want to say? You know, a lot of it is uh, what I would want to say to anyone is, you know, make a move, you know, take a risk, um, be confident about what is next for you. Take, take your career to the next level by obtaining uh, additional credentials, additional uh, training to support your next step. I think uh, oftentimes we, we look back and say what we could have done or what we might do uh, or what we think we might want to do. But sometimes you just got to grab a hold of it and move forward as best as you can. I think I don't it doesn't really matter who you are. It's, it's really taking the initiative, the passion, the purpose and move it to the next level so you can find what you really want to do in life and do it. Wonderful. And with that, I want to say to Dar Muhammad, Senior Vice President of Workforce Development for Home Builders Institute. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Crummer Hour today. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. Thank you all. I really appreciate your time and your questions. Thank you. I would also like to thank our panel of Crummer uh, students and alumni, which includes Gerard Mitchell, Gerardo Abril, Kyle Sawyer, and Kevin Thacker. Thanks for being here, everybody. Thank you for Thanks having us. Thank you so much. Thanks, Tadar. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again soon with another episode. Today's Crummer Hour has been brought to you by the Crummer Graduate School of Business at Rollins College. Now is a great time to consider enhancing your career success by pursuing an advanced degree in business. And the Crummer School offers a variety of educational programs to help you become a global, responsible, innovative business leader. To learn more about the programs and begin the application process, go to crummer.rollins.edu. The Crummer Graduate School of Business, experience excellence. The Crummer Hour is a production of Victor Media Group. It's the mission of Victor Media Group to make the world a better place by making ourselves better people. If you like this show, follow Victor Media Group on your favorite social media platform or visit our website at victormediagroup.co. Today's show was hosted by J.B. Adams and executive produced by Gerard Mitchell with sound editing by Aaron Trinka and production assistance by Kyle Sawyer. Our gratitude goes out to Greg Golden, Director of Student Media at Rollins College, the entire team at WPRK, 
and Mike Brown and Loveland Finley in Crummer Alumni Relations for their gracious help and support. This is J.B. Adams, and until next time, Fiat Lux.